I'm a better man because I just get to hang out with Liam and he's my pastor and my leader. And can we just stand and honour him? We don't often do that. I know I'm getting you to jump up. Can we just stand and honour him as he comes up and preaches? Come on. Grab your seats. Whoa. I'm hot. Awesome. All right. Am I on? Yep, good. Thank you, Dean. Kind words. Pay rise coming. No. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, um, we've got the Immerse night on Tuesday night at Stairway. If you want to still come, just come. Um, Just because there's been a bunch of people that have cancelled and it's a free event and so it's hard to track but we know there'll be room so if you're like I didn't get a ticket or I had a friend or I you know whatever um, just just come it's going to be great we've got five baptism tanks uh, in Queensland and South Australia they've seen I think in Queensland it was 300 people got baptised 50 salvations in South Australia there was 200 people got baptised and 80 salvations um, and miracles and healings uh, happening. First, so that's 50 and 80 were first-time decisions for Jesus. Awesome. Come, on. Come on. That's awesome. Really good, really good. Um, all right, I'm going to try and be quick. <laughs> Say that every week. <laughs> um, but good one, Liam, yeah. Uh, I've got an analogy I want to do, so I'll get my people up in a moment. But um, let's just hold out our hands right now. I, I, I really feel a great sense of, of the love of God. We were talking about it in our staff meeting on Tuesday, but I just want the love of God to just penetrate our hearts today. Holy Spirit, I, I, just, I thank you for your love. It was your love that went to the cross. It was your love that sent your son. It was your love that poured out your spirit with power. It was all your love. And I just pray that we would have a revelation, not just a a theory, but a, a deep, deep conviction in our hearts about the love of the Father. Amen. Just think about, I mean, I just... I was sharing this with someone this week. Jesus is about to be killed. He knows that. He knows he's about to hand over his life. And he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says to the disciples, you know, bring some swords. And Peter's in there. And and Peter's like, shing, cuts off the guy's ear who's about to arrest Jesus. And then Jesus heals the guy's ear of the man who's about to take him to the, you know, and and exchange him for Barabbas. That's epic. That's the love of God. I think so often we would be like, attack them, they're they're like persecuting us, or they're like, you know, yes, Peter, well done, you chopped off his ear. And I just wonder how many Christians are chopping off the ear of people because they don't love well. 
And often when people preach on love, there's a bunch, there's often a group of Christians that, you know, are in that camp that, you know, it's, oh, it's not about miracles and signs and wonders, it's about love. It's like, no, no, no. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world. So what did Jesus do? He did miracles. So that means those miracles were love. It's not like one or the other. It's both. It's power and love. Amen? But if you just have power and not love, you're a clanging symbol. And profits you nothing. But if you have love and no power, then it's just mere words that never transforms a life. Yeah? And so we need both. Um, but I wanna talk about I wanna talk about the love of God a little bit this morning and and um, obviously there's this is a big topic and we're not gonna have time to go through everything, but I want to talk about it from the point of view of, obviously, we, years and years ago, God spoke to me and he said, he said, oh, he said, what is your first love? And I was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> and he said, I said, you are. And he said, yeah. And he says, and, and, and you're my first love because he said, when you died, you were born again and the first person you loved is me. So he says, I'm your first love and you're my first love. So it's, that's the relational element of the kingdom. Yeah? And, and so our first love is him and, his, and we're his first love because he, he loved us so we can love. And, 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 and I want to go after this in a way that I'll provoke you a little bit this morning, but I, I love you. <laughs> like I really love you. I really love. We love this church. We love what God's doing. Um, we're excited. But I felt such a. And I'm trying to articulate something that's in my heart. But I feel like we have an opportunity as the church. You know, John 13 talks about. His, Jesus says, "A new commandment I give you that you would love one another as I have loved you." So when people say the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, no, that's the greatest commandment in the law. The new commandment, the higher truth is you love people as Christ has loved you. That's the higher truth. Love does not mean I agree with every single thing that maybe you think or, I, or even I think. I don't agree with my wife 100% of the time. And she's right all the time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, just for safety <laughs> but love doesn't like I know we know this I feel like I'm preaching to the choir but I remember when uh, we were we were doing outreach years ago in Murrubark and I remember this lady and we went to give her some money and she said oh no I don't want your money I'm quite wealthy and and we said, oh, I want to give you some money just because we want to bless you, not because you're wealthy, but just we want to bless you. And she looked at me and said, you really believe this thing you're talking about? And it, it, it popped open a conversation with her, not because we were giving her money, but because she saw the love in us. 
We all know the car salesman. We all know the real estate agent. Hi, how you doing? You know, and you're like, you're just being kind to me because you want to sell me something. And we have to move beyond. We're trying to give people something. We are, but we're trying to show them genuine love without an agenda. Because the world right now doesn't need people chopping off the ear because we love to speak the truth. We need to flip that and speak the truth in love. So I'm not, I'm not saying we shy away from hard conversations or challenging conversations, but we do it out of a place of love because when, when it's the love of God that compels us and it's the love of God that flows through us, then it'll be, it'll be received in, and if it's not received, you can stand there and say, well, I, I'm loving out of a pure conscience and a clean heart. Amen? This is, I know this is like Christianity 101, but I just really believe we have an opportunity here at the sanctuary to recultivate or recalibrate what this thing of love looks like in our midst. What does it actually look like to love one another? to champion one another, to love the Lord. Obviously, love God and he loves us. We know that. But then what is that? You know, love looks like something. Love bears fruit. So what does the fruit look like? What does this actually look like? What, is, what does the love of God actually look like? And I, I know there's so many things that it looks like, but I, it was a few weeks ago I was preaching at a friend's church out over Bandura Way and I was just talking about the, our identity and God's love for us and how it, it's, it's his love towards us. And he came, he sent his son. There's nothing we can do to, you know, earn his love, you know, uh, get more of his love. All we've got to do is receive it, right? So I was preaching this and, and I was talking about how Christianity is more an inner affection than it is an external pursuit. Come on. Christianity is an internal affection of the Lord that it is an external pursuit to try and get something. I'm, I, and I, say, I use this all the time, but just to reiterate, I'm not becoming more married to my wife. right? I can't, but there is a pursuit. But I don't pursue to get, I pursue out of love, hopefully. Come on, come on. Because our minds, we're so trained and calibrated to think Western world, which is do something, you'll get rewarded. No, I'm fully rewarded in, the, in, in, in him. I'm fully rewarded in him. It's, it's I died and he lives in me now. And so I get to actually take that. I get to have an inner affection world of so in tune and in love with the Father that I'm actually leaking that love. And, and if... If people hurt me or accuse me or whatever gets thrown against me, I, I don't let that eat my lunch. <laughs> I don't let that offend me because I'm dead and I'm unoffendable. However, that then needs to translate to I love you and I want to work this out. It's not just, I'm going to throw you under the carpet and just dismiss it. And, oh, they don't know what they're talking about and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, love confronts. Love 
has action. Love bears fruit. Right? There's this thing in the church that's like false honour, where it's like we never talk about anything and we call it honour. That's not honour. Okay. And so I'm preaching this, and this girl, this woman comes in, and she's drawn. She's like, as soon as she said herself, I led her to the Lord that night, and um, she gave her heart to Jesus. But she said, I was just drawn to, she goes, I don't even know what you said. But it was the presence of God. The presence of God draws people. And when we're, we're having this inner affection with the Lord, the presence of God draws people. Because they see something on your life that's different. Um, I love a friend of ours. Who knows who Tracy Evans is? Anyone know Tracy Evans? No one? Shen? <laughs> Dave should know who Tracy Evans is. You, need, you guys need, you need to read some homework here, right? You, Tracy Evans is um, a missionary in Mozambique. Chris Valentin wrote one of her book, wrote her story. It's called um, Outrageous Love. Right, so just read Outrageous Love. It's her story, but Chris Valentin wrote it for her because she just couldn't be bothered. She thought, I don't want to write. I can't be bothered writing it. She became a Christian. We got to, we'd done two missions trips with her in, in Africa. And she's in the um, Beira near Zimbabwe border. And um, she was telling, she's, she's like one of those people, she scares me. She was telling us this story. She's like, yeah. So there was a week where Jesus came and visited my room and da-da-da. And she's just saying it kind of nonchalantly. And I'm like, can you just back up a second? Like when you say Jesus was visiting your room, was it like you were having some great encounters with the Lord? And she's like, oh, no, he was physically in my room talking to me face to face. And I'm like, oh, I need to get born again, again. (laughs) Lord, yes, more, right? (laughs) Yes, I want that. And, uh, and so she was, and she, she, her story's her story's like Paul. She remi- just reminds me of Paul, shipwrecked, and she lived in, in Philippines off the coast. She was shipwrecked off the coast of the Philippines and lived in a, with these community, and she, she would, um, she would uh, give the medical supplies because she was a nurse to the rebels who were trying to kill her, but because she was giving them help, uh, they, were, they liked her because she was giving them medical aid and one by one she'd lead them to the Lord. <laughs> and then she realised at the end, she's like, I'm running out of supplies, I need to flee. So she went and hid in the men's prison because they wouldn't look for her there and, uh, and then jumped back onto the mainland and ended up getting back to America, right? But she became a Christian because she was in the army and she used to torment this woman... And she would like put her shoes in mud and like unfold her clothes so this woman would be late for class and do all this horrible stuff to this woman. And this woman was a believer and this woman then would fold Tracy's clothes, would make sure Tracy's shoes were cleaned, would, do, would go above and beyond and eventually it just broke Tracy and she said, why do you love me when I'm tormenting you and I'm, I'm like... And she says, because that's, that's our Jesus. And then Tracy gives her life to the Lord. It's awesome. You guys have permission to clap. Like, it's all right. Come on. 
And I just love, um, you know, people, I've heard people say, I've said this myself, and it's true, there's element of this that is true, but hear me out before you throw stones. Um, people say, oh, I can't love you but like God loves you. And I, that's true. God is God and we're not. But Jesus was fully man. And everything he did was the love of God. So the woman touching the hem of his garment, power gets released from him, that's the love of God. The multiplication of food, that's the love of God. Not condemning the woman caught in adultery, that's the love of God. It was all the love of God. Going to the cross, healing the ear, fish out of the coin's mouth, coin out of the fish's mouth. <laughs> all the love of God, right? And 1 John 2, he says, if you believe that he is Lord, you would walk in the likeness of Christ. So don't say, you have the love of Christ in you. Well, the faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And the love of Christ is inside you. So you have the love of Christ in you. I mean, 1 John, just read all of 1 John. That's a challenging book. He says, if you say that you are a follower of Jesus and you do not love your brother, then you're a liar. That's intense. Right? And during the week, I was, I shared, I don't know where I shared this, at Sunday night or somewhere. I was driving, after church last Sunday, I was driving to, Lyra had her Nepal um, thing and presentation and I was driving there and I was just listening to the song after Jen's message it was all such a good word and um, and God says to me and I haven't had this happen in a while he said ask me why I still have holes in my hands and I was like okay why do you still have holes in your hands and he said because it was a forever sacrifice and he said and I did it as a man there's a man in the trinity forever that's why he still has holes in his hands. There's a human being in the Trinity. Philippians says, a thing to be grasped, he did not count equality with God. He did what he did as a man, to, not so we could look from a distance and go, wow, amazing. He did it so we have someone to follow. Jesus said, come and follow me. Come on. And, and so we have someone to follow. His name is Jesus. And, and you and I get to follow him. And so the love of Christ, the love of God that we have is, it doesn't mean, faith, faith in this journey with God does not mean we have perfect circumstances. If you think faith means you have perfect circumstances, you've got it wrong. Faith means when circumstances or people are in your life. Like, let's just be real right now. Who's ever loved and been hurt? Okay, if you don't put your hand up, you're a liar. Okay? <laughs> I love you. Um, love can hurt. Love, love, I'm sure Jesus wasn't like super, oh, well, Judas, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that hurt. Circumstance wasn't exactly perfect, 
But he didn't let the circumstance eat his lunch and dictate how he lived. He let the love of Christ, the love in him, his love, determine how he lives. Yeah? So Judas is crazy because Jesus washed his feet knowing full well he was the one that was going to betray him. You've got to let that wreck you. You've got to let that hit your heart. You've got to let that bother you to the point of you're like, hey, I'm not, like people, do you know the amount of times I'm like, oh, maybe I should just go work with animals and <laughs> computers. <laughs> I'm being real. <laughs> right? Because people, <laughs> we're complicated. But the moment I do that, I'm, I'm, I'm leveling off at a level where I'm like, hey, I don't want to let people determine how I live. I want the love of Christ to determine how I live. And we, we've, just got to, we've just got to go after this. And, and, um, and so I, I think, you know, um, God doesn't tolerate you. You know, he just doesn't tolerate you. He loves you. And I don't want to tolerate. I, I just want to be real right now. I don't want to have a church where we just tolerate each other. It's like, no, no, I want to love people. It doesn't mean we're going to get to know everyone on the deepest intimate level in that way, but, but they were like, hey, that, you know, that church down the road, yeah, they see miracles and they do all that, but gosh, they just love well. Come on. And people walk in here, they're like, man, it's not, I'm serious, we've got an opportunity. If you're like, if you don't, if you want to, if I can just be really weird, I'm going to get my, my people up in a moment because I just want to do a couple of little analogies and then we'll close, but... If you, if you want to come here, you call the sanctuary home. If you're a guest today, welcome. Because love, you know, love, let's actually, let's like open up the Bible and read a scripture. Let's just read 1 Corinthians 13 together. Let's do that. But I really believe People in the world are getting lonelier and lonelier and they're longing. They're longing for connection. They're longing for love. And the world has its definition of love, which is you make it what you wish. That's not love. That's a false sense of love. But there, there are groups of people, and I don't, know, I don't need to name them, but there are groups of people right now that are looking for people to show them what genuine love looks like, what true love looks like, without compromise. doesn't mean you compromise. Jesus, I remember, I've shared this once here before, but this broke my heart when I was talking with a pastor and he said, oh, Liam, I just think, and I get his heart, and it's no one you probably know, so don't worry. But he said, he said, Liam, Jesus was probably like someone from Millgrove with a pack of smokes on his, in his pocket. And his point was Jesus was relatable to people, which I agree with. But Jesus didn't advocate for prostitution to hang out with prostitutes. And I said that to him. I said, don't you talk about the king of glory in that way. Jesus did not have a pack of smokes in his pocket but he was able to love because he's the one that created love. So he doesn't need a change to be okay with being around you. 
But we as Christians, we need to get better at this. Being okay with around people we disagree with. Maybe politically, maybe even religiously, maybe even sexuality, whatever it is. We need to be okay that they don't see a judgmental spirit on us and we cut off the ear of these people and all they hear is judgment. That we actually love people well. And that doesn't mean we change our strong stance on things. You don't have to change your stance to love people. You can still have a strong... But people... Can I just say this? People are not stupid. People are very, very smart. 1 Corinthians 13. If we speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and I, if I have all faith so as to move mountains but not love, I am nothing. If I give it away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Now I want you to, I want you to replace the word love with you because you died and Christ lives in you and Christ, he's the way, the truth and the life, he's perfect love. Jesus, God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, they don't just have love, they are love. They don't just have a relationship, they are a relationship, right? So I want you to replace the word with love with your name right now. Put your name in there. I'll read it as love, but you read it as your name. So love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, or it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. That's a massive one in the church. Come on. I want every church to succeed in the best way that it is. I'm not pro- I've heard pastors, they're, they're like, oh, I don't hope that fail. I've heard Christians be like, I hope that, yes, that person, they're not doing well. What even is that? But rejoice with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all, all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away one day. As for tongues, so will they. They will cease. As for knowledge, that's weird that it will pass away. But anyway, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When as I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these, these three, but the greatest of these is love. You, we just need to meditate on that over and over again until we get it. I love what uh, Dick Joyce, he, he preached on love for a year. I think it was Dick Joyce. And one of his elders says, man, when are we going to change the subject? And he said, when we get it. <laughs> when we get this thing like in here. When it actually becomes a part of who we are. We don't just put on love. It's like we become love. Come on. We don't just put it. It's like, oh, I better put my Christian hat on now. And then when I go to Coles, then the woman at the front is taking her time. And, you know, it's, it, it, things can frustrate you, right? I get that. And you can, your flesh can come out <laughs> at times. But we're different. You're different. 
It, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the kindness. It's his kindness. And it's a choice. Love doesn't seek its own. Well, you, just, you, should, you should, you know, you should do this so that I feel better. You should do, I, we, I, you know, the church needs to do these things and now oh, that Liam and that Dean and, you know, I don't know, I don't know, and that church down the road and they need, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Love thinks the best, hopes the best. I'm not saying we don't address things. Paul handed people over to Satan. Like, <laughs> you know, like, there's the, I'm not saying we hide things and we don't address situations and circumstances. I want a healthy church. I want health, and that means you've got to address things. Love, you don't just leave. Uh, if, I, if I let my children just run out on the road and I was like, hey, 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 don't do that. You'll get hit by a car. That's not love. That's stupidity. Right? So we need to address things. I had a friend... Just recently, ring me up because they just something was misconstrued. They're like, "Hey, I just need to address this with you. Is this correct?" I'm like, "No, that's not right." Oh, no worries, thank you. Problem done with. They could have let that manifest for months, weeks, years, and then there's a rift between us. A really good friend. Hey, let's just deal with it. Boom, out in the open. Yeah. All right. Can I get my team? Can I get the team and maybe one more? We're going to do this little analogy because this is what love is not. And then I'm going to just share a couple of quick testimonies and then we are going to be done. Here's my team. I'm missing one, um, but I might get one more uh, up. Who wants to be a volunteer? Anyone? Anyone want to be a volunteer? All right. So... I want you all to close your eyes. I want you all to close your eyes. No peeking, okay? All right, don't worry. You're not going to be embarrassed. All right. And I'm going to just stick something to the back of your jumpers. Right, don't worry. There's nothing written on here yet. You're going to do the writing, okay? All right, can you help me out here, Dean? Yeah. I had to stand up because I've got to stick it on Lee's. On Lee's, um, on Lee's thing, yeah. So, oh, give me that. Alright. <laughs> Leave that one. Alright. Just there. Alright. Hold on. One more. And then, oh, that'll do. That'll do. Yep, perfect. Alright. So, Rachel and. Uh, Shells and Lee, you guys all close your eyes, keep your eyes closed. Uh, sorry, Lee, Shells and Ben, all close your eyes. Rachel, you can open them. All right, so I've written something here. Don't say what it is, all right? I don't know if you can read that. I'm not going to read it out. Can you guys read that? All right. <laughs> right, all I want you to do in your own writing, but with that as well, is write that on the back of Lee. As she's writing that, Lee, grab a pen. Grab a pen. Grab, another, grab all of them. Grab all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you write that. As she's writing that, Lee, you're going to write... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to write what you think she's writing and the picture or whatever, and then you're going to do the same. You can open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes now. Ben, there you go. 
Yeah. So push, push hard. Okay. Give him as much opportunity. And as soon as you start writing and if you start, is, is it, does that make sense? Okay, cool. Yeah, shoot, no, no, you're not right. That's fine. Don't worry. Just write what you think it is. You don't. I don't want you to. You, you, you're not going to be right or you're not going to be right or wrong. Just do whatever you think. Just go. As soon as she goes, you go. No, no, you're right. Just leave it. It's fine. My my point's been proven. I'll give you thirty seconds. That'll do. That'll do. You'll, you'll get the. <laughs> all right. All right. So here's the original. <laughs> right. There's that one, and there's that one. Not too bad. Not too bad. Come on, give these guys a hand. Come on. <clears throat> well done. Well done. They had no idea what they were doing. I just said I need help with, with, a, with a picture this morning. All right, that, that, was, that was the original. Liam has shaved his beard and a little beard picture of me. Um, just for fun. I made up the word this morning. Um, bit of fun. That's gossip. That's what our words do when we don't love well. I share the original with Rachel. Hey, this is going on in my life, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Shaved my beard this morning. <laughs> and she tries to reiterate my heart or something to someone else, and then they to someone else, and then they to someone else. The Bible says, guard your heart. Your heart's pure been made pure but we are to guard it that doesn't mean we don't address situations and circumstances with one another in, in, in our life that doesn't mean when there are things that oh maybe I'm harbouring offence and I need to actually go to the person like the Bible says and I need to deal with it face to face and I need to actually go to them you know when Peter asks Jesus, and he says, how many times do I have to forgive someone? And he says, you know, 
seven, seven times, Jesus says seven times 70. That is a, a direct correlation between when Daniel prophesies, in Daniel it prophesies that there'll be a time when there'll be uh, 77s. Remember in Daniel it prophesies 77s. And it's, that's the age of mercy. So when Jesus says seven times 70, do you forgive people? He's saying, have mercy and kindness because love thinks the best, hopes the best. Love hopes for reconciliation. Love hopes for, hey, I might have an issue with this person, but I'm not going to let that issue or gossip or something affect my relationship with them because that is a person created in the image and the imagination of God. That's the word image. What God imagined, they became. That is God's design. That is God's creation. And maybe I don't agree and maybe there's so much like anger or hurt. And I'm not saying you have to be, you know, if you've come from an abusive background that you need to be best friends with that person ever again. But let me say this. Unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip is like drinking poison hoping they'll be affected. And we have an opportunity. I'm not saying that we don't address things, but what I am saying is that I want to shift the landscape culture of church world where... We, if we come into this environment called the sanctuary, we're in a home group, if we're part of this church, that we're not critics of one another, but we're lovers of one another, that we think the best, that I look at Ben and I go, oh, I know he's going to make it because love hopes that love endures, love cares, love produces fruit in his life, that I, I, I look at Dave and the way Dave and Lisa just give generosity. Generosity cracks open something in people's lives where they're like, oh, that's the love of God. And I might not be the same as Dave and Lisa in the way I live my life, but I'm like, oh, I look at them and I'm like, oh, geez, they just love so well and I hope the best and I, I love Robin's this and Clinton does this and oh, they're all, there's all different, but I'm not looking at Clinton going, oh, he needs to be like Dave. I'm looking at Clinton going... Who's the best version of Clinton? Show me, God, how you see Clinton. Show me how you see Rachel. Show me how you see da you know, Daniel, Michelle. Show me. If I'm looking at them, all of them. Jeez, I don't like that clothes they wear. I don't like this. Or Gosh, why do they say that? They're probably da-da-da. No, love thinks the best. Love hopes for the best. Love endures with one another. Oh, that person's down and out. We're not going to have a culture where you're like, just get up and get on with life. No, I'm going to lock arms with you. You're down and out, and I'm going to lock arms with you until you see your breakthrough. Come on, because love hopes for the best. And I want to change the landscape of this sucker, because I've watched too many people in church world get taken out by that thing. And then they leave church and, oh, this is... all the church does is just talk about me behind my back. I've had it. We've had that happen. And I'm not going to let that thing steal my lunch because we can change this thing because his love is greater than all things. It's the greatest spirit in the world is the love of God. There isn't a greater spirit. The love of God. 
even when someone can say, I do not agree with you, but gosh, you just love me well. That's heaping coals on people. They slander you, they beat you down, they, duh, they spit at you, they do whatever it is, and you're like, hey, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> I'm going to give to you. Not out of like, oh, I'm going to give to you. So, you know. <laughs> so no, no, no. It comes, out of the, it comes out of this place of genuine love. That person's got a demon. I'm going to pray for them, see them healed. That's the love of God. Why don't you stand? Listen to this. I'm just going to read this verse out. 2 Corinthians 6. But as servants of God, verse 4, we commend ourselves in every way, be great endurance, by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labours, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honour and dishonour, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us but you are restricted in your own affliction. I know there's a lot in there, but Paul's saying this. He's saying, we have done everything we know. We have had sleepless nights. We have had, we've given so you can be rich. We've done this. We've prayed. We've fasted. We've done all these things. Our heart is wide open. Yes, Siri, I'm with you, right? <laughs> Our heart is wide open. So you will not be hindered in any way and if you are it's because of your own thing that's what Paul's saying so we have made it he's like our conscience is clean our heart is pure we have a clean conscience and a pure heart as it says in Peter right that means that we have a responsibility we have a choice when someone offends us or hurts us or wounds us or whatever we have an opportunity. Am I going to let that thing steal my lunch or am I going to love them? I might need to address it, but how am I going to respond? No one can take that away from you. Barabbas means the son of the father. Do you know that? Bara means son of the father. Think about this. Perfect love shows up. Everyone wants Jesus crucified. He frees the son of the father. The son of God takes his place so that he can be free 
so that the Son of God can go to the cross. That's perfect love. He wasn't afraid because perfect love casts out all fear. And that perfect love is in you. Did Barabbas deserve to get punished? Yes. He was a well-known thief. But Jesus was able to see beyond the circumstance and show perfect love. Let's pray. Put a hand on your heart. God, help us. <laughs> help us to know your love in a deeper way. Help us to encounter your love in such a deep richness, not just in words, not just in deed, but in power. May the love of Christ compel us to walk across the street to the Samaritan. May the love of Christ compel us to show kindness when someone is abusing us. May the love of Christ compel us to confront darkness. May the love of Christ compel us to confront sickness. May the love of Christ to compel us to love the hell out of people. May this place be a house of prayer. May it be a house of communion with the Lord. But may it be a house where your perfect love drives out the fear of the devil, drives out the fear of man, drives out the fear of disappointment, drives out the fear of, of wrongdoings because I've been hurt before. May this be a place where the love of God is fought for and won because you've gone to the cross and paid it for us. May the love of Christ just saturate our city May the love of Christ go to the broken and the marginalised. May there be people in this room that get absolutely possessed with the love of Jesus. May there be people in this room that get saturated with such love that like Stephen, when they're being stoned, Jesus, you would stand in ovation. May the love of Christ be so real in our hearts and our minds that it wouldn't be a concept or just a word that we say, but it'd be a life that we live. And may what we do in secret be shouted from the mountaintops in heaven. May we not seek our own things. May we seek your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. I really want us, I know I've gone a little bit over, as I said I would. <laughs> But I, I really feel strongly that we have, I felt the invitation from the Lord as a, as a house to go after this, to, to create it. You can create and change the atmosphere of your home, workplace, region. That is how powerful you are with the Lord. And let's do it. Go for it. All right. Amen.